Winning Retirement Radio. I'm Kristen Taylor. And I'm Greg Taylor. And I sure hope that today will be the first day of your winning retirement. Connect anytime at LegacyRetirementGroup.com. It's all online. When it comes to your 401k, you listening, are you on track compared to everybody else? That's a common question. Then we'll address that. But I wanted to start with the most devastating and I just... I'm in a bad place, guys, because Amazon, which (laughs) is my favorite thing, they're attempting new measures to get customers to return fewer of their online orders, a.k.a. Kristen Charles, including charging a fee to return items to UPS stores. Now, I do always go to Kohl's for my returns, I will say. I'm trying to save a little Mm -hmm. money there. There you go. Betterment of the group, if we will. But, you know, I order everything off Amazon. So I have become an Amazon nerd, too. It used to be Target and TJ Maxx are my jam. Now, Mm -mm. like, if I'm bored, I'm just scrolling on Amazon. You can find so many things that you never thought you needed that you realize you just absolutely (laughs) You never thought you needed them, and you still probably (laughs) don't. You need them now emergently because they're there. I mean, like, I was, you know, laid up because I broke my ankle and having to keep off my feet, although I'm walking (laughs) around now. And I thought, you know... Whenever I'm at restaurants anymore, they put us at a small table and there's nowhere to put my purse. I should buy one of those little hook things. Yes. And I literally, 10 o'clock at night, just looked it up on Amazon. And there's there like it was 40. for 5.15, probably came from China or something. But mm, I got it yeah. for $5.14, you know? <laughs> I'm in the same boat. I have found the most nifty ADA items for my folks dealing oh, with things. Oh, I thing. know. I mean, it's just I got a few shower can... chair. Yes. The yes. random prices get me, though, like $4.26. Like, why are they so random on the change? I, I don't, don't know. That bothers me. My my OCD inside just can't <laughs> handle it. But. but what I do like, you can see which ones are small businesses that you're supporting. And yes. there's a lot of people out there that have come up with great ideas that a storefront is not a real thing, nor could they market it online the right way, and they can right. be on Amazon. You know, to be honest, it's it's not really fair to just order things randomly knowing that you plan to return oh, it. Oh, no. The thing about it is when you're used to having something that, you know, quote unquote is free, <laughs> then you really notice it mm-hmm. when they start charging you. Mm-hmm. And it, it's so annoying that people get really mad about it. But, you know, my mom used to say this saying that you'll strain a gnat and swallow a camel. It's actually in the Bible. I didn't know that for a long time. You thought she was just genius. I I just thought, Mom, what in the world are you talking about? Straining a gnat and swallowing a camel. That doesn't even sound possible, you know. But within all that, what I mean is we'll get so annoyed with our Amazon maybe charging us five or ten bucks to send something back to where it came from because we decided we didn't want it anymore. But we'll pay tens of thousands of dollars in things like variable annuities. I mean, Mm. goodness, we had a family in recently, and they had these three variable annuities, and the total value on them was almost a million dollars on these three annuities. And it wasn't the fact that they were annuities that was so bad. It was the fact that they were paying almost 4% a year in internal fees. And when I brought it to their attention, they're like, you know, we didn't even know those fees were there. So on a million dollars, four percent's forty grand a year. My goodness! In ten years, I said, okay, in ten years, it was going to be like three hundred and 
eighty some thousand dollars in fees inside of this thing. Yeah, it was crazy the amount of fees, and so you know we'll get mad about the fees that Amazon's going to charge us. Which, by the way, none of us like fees. No, but. If you've got a variable annuity, folks, I mean, you're paying those kind of fees and you need to check it out. You need to find out exactly what it's costing you these things. And if you don't know how to do that, Greg Kristen and the team of fiduciaries at Legacy Retirement Group can help you figure that out. They can call the company with you on the phone and get them to explain it and even translate it if it still feels like it's a little bit over your head and find out if whatever that product is, is working well for you and worth the price connect at LegacyRetirementGroup.com. Guess what? April is National Financial Literacy Month. I know, another manufactured holiday, but honestly, it's a great excuse to enhance our financial stability, even for those of us that have been saving and investing for a long time. Think about it. High inflation, interest rate hikes, and the market swings over the last three years have definitely shown how key the financial fundamentals are. I mean, when I was in high school, I don't know about you guys, but there was no personal finance course. I graduated from Grove City High School in my senior year. I took a course called Consumer Math, and it was actually very educational. I had to pick stocks in that class, yeah. and, huh. and then the teacher gave an award to the student that did the best. I think we all started with like $10, and whoever ended up with the most money at the end of the, the month, the teacher gave an award to. And then we had to balance a checkbook and do practical (laughs) mathematic things. I mean, while everybody else was doing dumb things like trigonometry and calculus, I mean, anybody can figure that nonsense out. But me, me. I I was learning how to balance a checkbook. Yeah, it's funny. The other day, Jaden asked me, he's like, what is a check anyway? How do you get money out of a piece of paper? And I thought, I've never taught you that. How, How have I never taught you that? So we sat down and I gave him a lesson. But honestly, I think financial literacy does deserve its own month because because so many people, even families we meet with week in and week out, have things that, you know, you would think that they would know in some cases, but they don't. And it's not because they're not smart enough to know. Most of mm-hmm. them have been able to just save over, you know, a half a million dollars. It's just, you know what you know, right? Mm-hmm. What You don't know what questions to ask sometimes. One of the most fulfilling calls I have ever received just happened last week. Out of 15 years in this career with Greg, Greg's been doing this much longer than I have. He's clearly much older than me. Hey, so I resemble that comment. I've I've had wonderful clients over the years. We've had families that we just love. But this lady, who is actually not a client, she met with us two years ago, called in. Oh, yeah. She did not become a client. So this is a praise on someone that's not even someone we're working with, but went out of her way to call the office and say that she had taken all of our advice that we had given her. She called him from the radio, met with me, I think, by myself, and then with Greg and I both. And we had given her some pointers and things she could do. And I believe she really liked her advisor. And so we didn't really, you know, we weren't trying to push her into working with us. There was just some tweaks she needed to make. Mm -hmm. And she said, Kristen, I just wanted you to know I am implementing everything you told me to do, not just from my portfolio standpoint, which Greg gave her advice on her portfolio, but from a personal standpoint, she said, you know, I was just not feeling fulfilled. I'm single. And you mentioned giving while I'm living. I don't know if you remember that. And I said, yeah, I remember that. And she said, well, that's what I'm doing. I found some charities that I'm going to start getting involved in and I'm volunteering and just listing all the changes she's making. And 
it was so fulfilling because we do this show every week. How long have we been doing it for, Greg? Well, since uh, 2012. So yeah, wow. Kristen, yeah, we've been doing it. 11 years, uh, whatever. On the show with Kristen for a About long 10, time. 10 now. years together. Ten years. All three of all three yeah. of us yeah. a little less yeah. than that. Greg and I. Ten, anyway, yes, a long yes, time. <laughs> a long time, and we can't hear on the other end what people are thinking when we're giving the information. Mm-hmm. But I like to think that we're providing some financial literacy, some education, right? Some takeaway for, tips, kind of. Yeah, even if yeah. you're not going to be a client. And so we appreciate that. We appreciate the time and energy people spend listening, listening to our radio show, listening to our podcast. Even some people get on there and give us reviews, which is fabulous. Mm-hmm. We really enjoy giving the information. So one of the things I'd like to say with this conversation is, not forgetting to revisit or create a budget. I think that's a really important part of financial literacy. It's a stepping stone for retirement, really, because as you're working and scripting and saving when you're young and building a family, you have a budget and you live by that budget to the penny. You know what's in your account. But as you make money and have overages and, and do well, you stop getting so exact about things. And when we're looking at creating a plan for your retirement, it's really important to know what you're spending, what's reasonable for what you're going to need to live on through your retirement years. And it's not to make you tied to a budget, not to tie your hands behind your back and make you stick to something, but it's more just so we can understand how to better achieve your goals. For sure, because that's part of an income plan that gives you confidence that you're going to be able to live your life the way you're used to living it. But how are you going to know if you don't know what you spend, right? True. The second part is making sure you have that emergency stash, you know, that money that we call sleep well at night money. Yeah. That so we put it under have, our pillow? Or? Not under your pillow, okay. uh, but because the tooth fairy might come and you find it, <laughs> well, you know. But And real quick, this is why this is so important, because not everyone we work with needs a plan that includes an income plan for contractually secured income, right? When we talk about that, sometimes we talk about your investment portfolio and the account with your income. Some people are just in the market. They have plenty of money coming in from income. They might have pensions. They might have other income sources, Mm -hmm. dividends and all things like that. Here's the thing. If you or your wife get invited on a couple's trip to a cruise in the Caribbean next month, are you going to sell investments to pay for that? Now you got me. Yes, I need some money on hand to have some fun and take care of things. I get it. Right. You can't have it all tied up in investments. You need some money set aside. And we have those conversations. And it's amazing to me how many people we talk to. They're almost apologetic because they have 100000 in the bank. Listen, if you want 100000 in your bank account, have at it. Have 100000 in your bank account. At least fifty. Right? So really? we, we're going to have those conversations and say, okay, what makes sense for you and your family? Now, does that make sense for everyone? No. Sometimes we need more money available for that income plan I was just talking about. But if you don't need that, then why not have that extra money aside? Because you're not going to sell those investments to do those things that you want to do. And you know you need to plan for the long haul. Retirement can last 20 or 30 years, folks. And do you have an actual written plan in place to get you through it all? One that takes you step by step by step. You know, Kristen and I, we love doing this. We really do. We, we love the families we serve, but we don't do it all by ourselves. We have an entire team of investment professionals that work behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. They are our team and there's CFPs there. 
that help with this. And it's all part of a written plan. And folks, if you don't have a written income plan or a tax plan or an investment plan that's distinctively designed for retirement, then you're selling yourself short. It's time that you have a written plan for your retirement success. And when it comes to saving for retirement, one of the most common ways to do that is through a 401k at work. Sometimes there is a free match. That happens. But you have to participate to get the match. That's it. It can be difficult to know if our savings for retirement are on track overall, but people wonder if comparing your 401k balance to others might give you a gauge on that. According to data from Vanguard, the average for those 55 to 64 in their 401k is $256,000, just over that. And those age 64 and older have an average of $280,000 set aside in a 401k or two. So my question to you guys, Kristen, you were talking earlier about how long you've been in financial services and that Greg's been in it longer. I mean, together, you guys have seen so many scenarios, helped so many families. Is this gauge fairly accurate with what you see when you initially sit down with someone and talk about their 401k account? You know, it's interesting because many times when people come in the office, they wonder how they're doing compared to everyone else. And, you know, that's totally irrelevant. And whether someone saved, you know, these averages, I would say that the listeners of Winning Retirement Radio are above average in general. But Brent, one of our advisors here, recently met with a couple. They're both age 63. I've had a chance to meet them. And and they'd saved for their retirement about $420,000. They had done a really good job. Mm -hmm. And when Brent went through everything with them and and started, you know, peeling back the... uh, layers with them and then found out, okay, what they're going to need. And by the way, Brent's um, another fiduciary on the team. He is. Yeah. And, and so they're going to retire in about two years and they need $20,000 a year to meet their lifestyle, which you know, on top of social security and in a couple of small pensions and things like that. So with that, Brent was able to say, okay, we can take about half of what you saved and dedicate it towards your income. And we can take about half of what you saved and dedicate it towards your growth for the long haul, for the future and things like that. And, and so this couple came in when they met Brent the first time, they were a little apologetic. Huh. They thought they hadn't done enough. They hadn't mm. saved enough that, mm. you know, they felt a little embarrassed, to be honest. Why? And they wanted to be millionaires when they retired. Well, who doesn't? Well, I mean, yeah, we all want to. But, you know, a lot of people come in just like them. Or, you know, he met with another couple that saved about $250,000. And now in their case, they didn't quite have enough to meet the income level they were desiring. Mm. So he said, okay, you might want to work a couple more years so that you can save a little more and, uh, you know, get that right where it needs to be so that you're going to be able to retire comfortably, right? It doesn't matter necessarily how much you've saved, but it matters if what you saved is enough for what you need in retirement. Okay, so let me get this straight. So comparing ourselves to other people, that's not really going to pay off other than inflate or deflate our ego. It's about if what we've saved is enough for us. Exactly. Ah. So, I mean, about two years ago, we we brought on someone and they they were teachers, both husband and wife. And they both were long tenured teachers. And between the two of them, their STRS was over 120,000 a year. 
So they were going to have a great retirement just from STRS. They weren't going to get Social Security. And that was enough. They were going to be able to live just fine within that STRS. So even though they'd saved a little over $300,000, they didn't need any of that hmm. for income. Now, a couple that I met with here in the last six months, they came in and they were both professionals. They had both done an amazing job. They'd saved $3.2 million together. Good for them. And they're not going to retire for four more years. So in four years, they were going to need an additional $150,000 on top of Social Security to maintain what they wanted in mm. retirement. So I told them, I said, we can go one of two paths with you. And so as we went through, we found out that they were taking way more risk than they thought they were. They Their portfolio wasn't very efficient, and we were able to help tighten that up. But I said, so we can go one of two ways. I said, you know, the old 4% rule, you take 50% of your money, you put it in equities or stocks, and 50% you put in bonds. And then when you retire, you pull out 4%. I said, now, in order to do that, needing $150,000, you're going to need about $3.5, $3.6 million tied up for income to do that. And they said, well, what do you mean tied up for income? So I, I said, well, if you're going to pull out 4% a year, you're not really going to be able to use that money for anything else. Mm. That's going to be tied up for your income. They said, you mean we need to tie up $3.5 million in our retirement for income? I said, well, that's if you use the Wall Street method. Ah. And they said, oh, okay, well, what other option do we have? I said, right now, we can put about $1.4 million in a fixed index annuity with a lifetime income rider. And in four years, that's going to provide $150,000 a year of protected income as long as either of you live. Mm -hmm. And that leaves you about $1.8 million that you can grow, that you can use for whatever you want later. Huh. So I said, it doesn't matter to us. Wall Street, you know, the people that that put all the big ads out there in the big box stores, the big wirehouses, mm -hmm. you know, all the names that you know, all they do is sell stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. And they're going to tell you the, that your main choice is to put half in stocks, half in bonds. You're going to need to tie it all up for income. Or we can use an insurance product and insure your income in retirement. I said, you insure your house, don't you? And they said, yeah. You insure your car? Yeah. Do you insure other things? Uh-huh. Okay, why not insure your income? And they looked at each other and said, but we thought annuities were bad. I said, well, annuities are just a tool. Mm -hmm. I said, we can either do your plan with or without annuities. I don't really care which direction you go. But if you want to protect it and you want to have extra money to do other things with, then you might want to think about insuring your income. Well, they decided that it made more sense to have extra money available for you know, trips to Europe and when they want to buy a new car and when they want to, you know, make sure that they're keeping pace with inflation, that they have a growth bucket too. They didn't want all their money to be tied up in income. Right. And this is the misnomer about insurance products. People say they tie up your money. Well, in some cases, they free up your money. But again, the point isn't whether you use an annuity or not. That's irrelevant here. The point is whether or not you have a plan. So, Brent worked with a couple that had 420000 and they have a plan in place. And I tell you, they were so excited when they left our office because someone was paying attention. They had a written plan. They knew exactly how their income was going to flow throughout their retirement. They had everything in place, and they felt confident. Hey, in two years, we're going to be able to retire with confidence. 
this other couple, they'd save $3.2 million. But I can tell you when they walked in the door, they weren't all that confident. But when they walked out, they had a plan. And by the way, we didn't tell them what to plan. We just said, here's your two options. Which would you prefer? Mm-hmm. And by the way, that's what you're going to find in any fiduciary's office. If someone's trying to shove something down your throat, they're not a true fiduciary. Right. They're not trying to do what's in your best interest. I don't think. It doesn't seem like that would be the way a fiduciary would act. You know what I mean? That's not the code that you work by, and you are a fiduciary. Oh, absolutely. So the bottom line is what I don't want to get lost in all this. Yes, the average family saved $280,000. Maybe you save more. Maybe you save less. But regardless of how much you save, do you have a written plan for what you say? Connect anytime at LegacyRetirementGroup.com. Greg Taylor is an investment advisory representative of Legacy Advisory Network, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the state of Ohio. The firm only conducts business in states where it's properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Legacy Advisory Network, LLC, and this station are not affiliated. The investment ideas and financial vehicles discussed here should not be considered to be personalized investment advice, nor are these recommendations to buy or sell any particular investment or product. The information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should first consult with the competent tax, legal, accounting, and other professionals regarding the applicability and the suitability of any investment ideas. Past performance is not guaranteed of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims payability of the issue company.